0: When young men and women don't know that engagement in substances or violence can take life, destroy life, remove life, even the accidental moment when a knifing or a shooting takes place, I'd rather prevent that. And so if I can encourage, inspire, spend time that is supportive, emotional, affectionate, engaged, take up a space in their heart and their mind and give something of what I've been so freely given, I try to pass that on.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Educators, a podcast series by Capita and Becoming X that explores how we can transform learning to help everyone realize their potential. I'm Frankie McCamley, a journalist and broadcaster. This time, we hear from someone with a background in teaching and leadership but his passions and interests have also taken him, as you might already have guessed, into the prison system, as well as top positions in universities, companies and NGOs.
0: Well, I was born with the name Michael Hastings, but I've been gifted the title, the Right Honourable, Lord, now Doctor, Hastings of Scarisbrick, CBE, standing for Command of the British Empire. I'm Chancellor of Regents University, in London, Professor of Leadership at the Stephen Covey Institute at the Huntsman Business School at the University of Utah. I am now also Chairman of the Black Business Association of the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Vice President of UNICEF, Ambassador for Tear Fund, and Chairman of the Council of Zimbabwean National Emergency.
1: It's quite the CV, and he hasn't even mentioned his time on air on GMTV as a BBC political correspondent or, after that, behind the scenes in BBC Governance. Perhaps most tellingly, he also volunteers as a personal mentor to hundreds of people in different parts of the criminal justice system.
0: I have the, the privilege, the responsibility, the honour to support around 190 young people. We also support a prison engagement program where we have about 110 men serving complex life sentences. They matter to me just as much. We'll shortly be starting in the Youth Offender Institute. There'll be a couple of hundred of those. They will matter just as much. Think of it like a school. Every one of them, for a head who cares, matters. They're an individual. To me, they're all individuals with Yes, some of them with layeredly uncomfortable, complex, even turbulent backgrounds. But that's not how they present themselves. They're looking for life. And I get the opportunity to share life. You know, I firmly believe in role modeling. When I was a teacher a few decades back, the school I was a teacher at was a pretty standard. London Secondary School, academically low achieving in the middle of quite a grey area. And one of the things that really bothered me deeply was the inclination of the children to trash the place, draw on the toilet doors, punch holes into walls, push cans of fizzy drink into the hedges, abandon crisp packets around the place, uh, drop paper it looked like the edge of a motorway when people are exiting and chucking it out their windows. There's a sense of shameful disorder about it. The way the system should have worked is that was the duty of caretakers to care. But they given up because what happens in so many difficult school environments is it's all too much and too depressing because every day it's persistently the same. So I did it. I made the choice as a young teacher, that I'll do it. I went in every morning at seven in the morning and cleaned up the site. Kids would come in, it's fresh. Now they'd mess it up during the day, I'd go and do it again the next day, go and do it again the next day. You know what was fascinating to me? It took nearly three weeks before some of the kids asked to join me. And then having had a group of kids join me, it took another few weeks before the caretakers came out of their offices and did the job. And then we managed to find something fascinating. The children stopped drawing on the toilet walls. They stopped punching holes in the buildings. They stopped breaking the books apart. Anything new was taken care of. The environment changed. The exam results went up. The behavior problems began to be eradicated. Because once you provide a context of care, people want to be in it. But that requires teachers, leaders, everybody in a school to manifest the same principle of the golden rule. Do to others what you wish them to do to you.
1: So you can get results in education and elsewhere from leading by example. But Lord Hastings also says education is a two-way process. A learner has to want to learn.
0: One of the things I really strongly believe is that learning is not the job of professionals. As a young person, I make a choice to learn. You can provide me with the tools, the skills, the competencies, the screens, the websites to learn. But if I don't want to learn, I won't learn. Every chance to learn is my choice to grow. Now, is that down to teachers? Well, it's down to teachers to tickle the imaginative thoughts in my mind. It's up to teachers to give me the breadth of possibilities, but it's up to me to pursue them. I have to have the will to go and learn.
1: So in any of the dozens of settings Lord Hastings has experienced, what does he think sets apart a great leader?
0: I, I really think a great leader in education is one around whom there is a composure of character and personality that is attractive because it's different. There's a excitement about today, not a drudgery, about another functional few hours. That there's a will to want to give over something very significant, that their mind can be exercised and stretched. That there's a a deep-seated passion for how they will emerge. I think leaders don't have to come with a title. Leaders have to stand and attract by the magnetism of character and the gift of what we can give.
1: And over many years of observing systems and driving through changes of his own, what observations does he have about how education could be improved?
0: There is a vast disparity in educational outcomes, maybe for three or four primary reasons. It matters whether someone has the opportunity, even if I would say the advantage, to go to a privately funded school at junior level or senior level. It it really does matter. What they get is higher levels of intense relationship, engagement, input, uh, experiences, diversification, of knowledge and a perception of themselves that in in that place elegant countryfied grand that's what power looks like so that matters it matters whether children come from high stress home environments it matters whether a child has come to school having had a breakfast or knows that there might be a dinner it matters about social environment, very bright, capable children from low ambition communities struggle, not because they don't have the ability, they certainly do, but because the community around them doesn't respect that differentiation. There is a tear down mentality. It is even more driven now by social media influencers whose persuasiveness is that you don't need skills or learning. You don't need to pass anything. You just need to present yourself. And as long as you present yourself energetically enough, then you can get by and you can succeed. You can thrive. Of course, that will happen to a few. It won't happen to most. But there's a culture of pulled down the high-level expectation. That, That matters enormously. It matters whether someone comes from differentiated ethnic backgrounds. We know that some children from South Asian communities and what? is often called white working class children, do parallelly poor at STEM related subjects. We know that boys from black African households do better than boys from black Caribbean households. And you have to ask, what's the reason for that? And the reason for that is the very strong presence of academic expectation from African households is much stronger than Caribbean households. So this has to do, everything has to do with environment Can children who have all the disadvantages break through? Of course they can. There are always exceptions, but exceptions do not prove the rule. Exceptions just tell us that there are exceptional people, and we're glad of that. Our society needs to reckon that because we're gonna need all the best, most imaginative, innovative, creative, generous, opportunistic, pleasant, purposeful, kind, empathetic, amazing, imaginative people in the future, it is the right investment to equal up, not to level down.
1: It's clear that a passion for public service runs like a thread through Lord Hastings' life and career. In fact, it's his big tip. He says if you want to learn, grow and lead, you should serve others.
0: The greatest learning experience is to go do something somewhere different. Go and be in a complex environment, a tough international or domestic place where pain is evident and pressure is normal. Find ways to alleviate distress, become part of the solid solution to other people's disorder. You know, the richness that all of us long for in our lives, that sense of my meaningful day, my why, is all about what I give away. It's never about what I'm given to. It's all about what I give away. And from that, we will grow.
1: Lord Hastings believes strongly in wholesale change in education. He advocates for refocusing the system to be fit for the future workforce and to focus on much more than just knowledge. It would be a huge investment and a great deal of work, but, he says, also necessary.
0: Education should be about the kind of person a young girl or a young boy is going to be in the future. And what I believe education is about is the love of knowledge, the pursuit of awareness, the stretch of imagination, the hunger for creative instincts, and the pursuit in the whole being of how do I become richer, not by the things I gain, but by the things I give. And I think it's profoundly important that we stop children having to pursue a curriculum which is designed about knowledge, but not about initiation, not about imagination, not about rigorous stretching of what's not being used, but those muscles of pursuit. I firmly believe that a recommissioned, reorientated, educational, adventurous environment will provide unique, distinct, compelling learning. But we're going to need to mass up on the teacher-pupil ratio those wonderful unique professionals, we need them in vastly greater numbers and smaller class sizes. Because if we know that the private system helps to deliver those leadership instincts and seems to push people towards the stronger commercial, social, political outcomes, well, we gotta mirror it. That means respecting the cost differential, advancing the capacity of the professional teachers, making society switch on. So we have to restructure our education system to give respect to the fact that actually the future costs and be willing to look at a system that does deliver because after all, unemployment is a greater cost, depression is a greater cost, mental disorder is a greater cost, lack of activity is a greater cost, dysfunction is a greater cost, civil disengagement is a greater cost, lack of understanding of the complexity of the world is a greater cost. It is worth the investment. On New Year's Eve, most years, the public will, with amazement, come to see fireworks for 20 minutes that go up in smoke with a goggle-eyed expression of wow. That's what every day in school needs to be like.
1: Thank you to Lord Hastings for sharing his views on why we need to invest in our education system to really help young people realise their potential. To learn more about the work Capita and Becoming X are doing in education, please check out capita.com forward slash becoming X.